Well, if you've, uh, if you've been here recently, you probably recognize me, but you are not used to me being here to talk to you. Um, if you have never been here before or if you have no idea who I am, my name is Ryan Wilkins, and I am the uh, worship director here. That is uh, a part-time thing that I do. Uh, I am also uh, the senior director of communications and facilities for Ronald McDonald House Charities here in central Ohio. A uh, wonderful organization that I've worked for for 12 years now. And uh, I also am the co-founder and co-owner of a craft brewery in Lewis Center that's called Olentangy River Brewing Company. If you're curious about all the things that matter to me, they're on the back of my computer. <laughs> on stickers. I'm a sticker guy. Who's sticker people? People like stickers? All right, cool. We have some cool stickers, Central City, um, back there if you don't have them. Pax, point everybody to where the stickers are. Yeah, right there. That's good. Um, I also am a father. Uh, you may have seen my three children running around. Um, I have a boy who somehow is becoming a man. He's going to be 15 uh, in, let's see, one week, which is crazy. Um, and then I have two beautiful daughters, a 10-year-old and a 6-year-old. Uh, they're not here with me this morning, uh, but they are... Uh, the, the very most important thing to me in my life. I love them dearly. So that's a little bit about me. Um, I used to be, uh, well, I guess I still am an athlete. Um, when, I was, uh, when I was younger and when I was in high school, um, I was very athletic. I was a, uh, an accomplished football and baseball and basketball player. That all doesn't matter to you, but it's a little bit of a backstory that is ironic because I'm also very clumsy. And I want to tell you a little bit about three different things that I've done in my life that were extremely clumsy that ended up in a lot of pain. And maybe you can identify. The first one is the stairs. When I was a sophomore in high school, I was extremely excited that I had made the varsity baseball team. And my parents decided they wanted to go away for spring break. Well, if you know anything about baseball, spring break is an important time for training. And our team decided that we were going to do all kinds of different training things during spring break. So my mom and dad, ironically, about the same time that my son now is 15, decided, Ryan, we're going to let you stay at home by yourself. I thought this was the greatest thing ever. Finally, I'm going to have the freedom that I've so desperately wanted in my life. Uh, I had a neighbor who was helping out whatever, I got to stay at home by myself. I'm the oldest of four boys, so I kind of thought of myself as a parent anyway. I probably acted more like a parent to them than they would ever want me to. Uh, and so practice was starting on Monday. And I was so excited to go to practice. And I'm upstairs, and I'm getting ready to go to practice. And I'm putting my uniform on. And I had my shoes upstairs. And for some unknown reason, I decided that it would be a good idea for me to not tie my shoes. So I put those shoes on, and I ran to the top of the stairs, and then I, like I always did, started running as fast as I could down the stairs. And as I was, my shoes slipped, and I twisted my ankle, and I fell down the stairs. And I'm laying at the bottom of the stairs, and I'm thinking, oh, I'll be all right. Pop back up, and I realize I can't stand up. My ankle feels terrible. So I call my neighbor who is supposed to help us out. I say, I just hurt myself. Ironically, she took me to a vet's office. Don't know why. 
other than the fact that I, I think it's because her brother was a vet. I'm sure it was, it must have been his veterinary office. Is that what you call it? Yeah. So, and they did an x-ray of me on an animal x-ray machine. Uh, did not break the ankle, but it was severely sprained. That's the stairs. I did, I did end up being able to play, but it was extremely embarrassing and it hurt a lot. The sidewalk. You're going you're gonna to hear a common theme with this one. Uh, this is a little bit more uh, recently. Um, this would have been about eight years ago. Um, about 15 years ago, a good friend of mine who, is, who was a competitive runner in college uh, challenged me to start running. Now, having grown up playing football and baseball and basketball, running to me was always punishment. It was the thing that we weren't supposed to do. It was the thing that coach said, hey, you screwed up, go run. So for me, in my mind, I had this terrible idea of what running was. So I was making fun of him. I said, I don't know why you do this. You run around in circles. You're not going anywhere. What's the point? He said, that's fine. You can make fun of me if you try it for a month every day, and then you tell me that you don't love it. And I'm really competitive. So I said, okay, game on. And three days in, I was hooked, and I've been running ever since. Um, So... Fast forward now, it is about eight years ago, and I'm training for the Columbus Marathon. It was actually, I think it was the half marathon that year. And uh, I had gotten home uh, late from work, and I, I'm, I was, was really regimented. I had this plan that I was going, and I had to get my run in. I had to do it. But it was really dark, and I was tired. And so I started running, and I was running along the sidewalk, and for some unknown reason there was a giant rock in the middle of the sidewalk, which you don't see when it's dark. And I was running. I stepped right on that rock and turned my ankle. And this time I broke it. Now, fortunately, I was only about a half mile from home. So I hobbled my way back to my house and literally crawled into the house. And uh, that was not fun. Didn't feel good. Okay, so that is the sidewalk. The rope bridge. When I was in college, I was a uh, volunteer with Young Life. Anyone familiar with the organization Young Life? Okay. Um, I, was, I worked on summer staff at a camp in upstate New York called Saranac, and I worked as a ropes wrangler. Um, this was the cool manly job where you got to be up in the trees helping people go through a high ropes course. And I loved it. I loved everything about it. It was incredibly fun. Um, and we got to run around in the trees and do all those crazy things. Ironically, I am deathly afraid of heights. But this was a really great way for me to conquer that fear. And so one day, I was feeling extra verbose. I don't, I don't know if I used that word right. But I, I went running across this rope bridge. It was one rope that you walk on and two ropes that you hold on to. And as I'm running across the bridge, I slip, and I'm holding on, and I don't let go, and pull my arm out of socket, dislocated my shoulder. Now, in upstate New York, there are not a lot of hospitals. And they, they're a little understaffed, and these people, they're trying their best, I'm sure, but it doesn't attract necessarily the best physicians, probably. I'm, I'm sure they're great. Um, 
So uh, the, the, uh, the camp director throws me in her car and drives me what feels like hours away. It was, it was probably about 45 minutes away to this little country hospital. And they take me in. And they say, well, yes, you've dislocated your shoulder. And they said, now we can put it back in, but we just want to warn you, this is going to be very unpleasant. And I said, okay, that's, that's fine. It hurts real bad. I want you to get it back in socket. So what they ended up doing was uh, they took a sheet and they wrapped it around my arm. And one of, the, one of the nurses was holding my arm and the physician was standing on a table above me and took the sheet and just went, Dah! and pulled it back into socket. That felt real good. That was some tremendous pain. So, the stairs, the sidewalk, the rope bridge. What do those three stories have in common? Lots of physical pain. What does our culture think about pain? We don't really value pain, do we? No. In fact, in our culture, we like to do everything that we can to avoid pain. Have you ever thought about the way that we interact with pain in our culture? Think about this statement here, results without effort. And this is going to be interactive, so I'm going to need you all to talk back. Um, So results without effort. What are some things that you can think of in America that we are fed, maybe on a daily basis, of, hey, this is something that you can get and you don't have to give anything for it? Scream out. What? Weight loss. How's that work? Yeah. Yeah. I got sucked into this really compelling video on Instagram the other day where they're, I'm not even trying to lose weight. And I was so fascinated because she's like, this pill will help you lose weight. And I just, I couldn't stop watching it. So that, that's a common theme. What else? What are some other things that, that would, uh, that would conjure up this thought results without effort? Okay, talk about it. Yes. Yeah. Huh. That is that is a fascinating thing right there. Absolutely. Okay, that's a good one. All right. What else? Results without effort. Yeah. Okay. Oh, dude. Yeah, and how much of us have found ourselves in trouble in uh, underwater because of those kinds of things? Because you want it. Anybody ever seen the SNL sketch uh, back in the day where um, it's a fake commercial, and the guy is consulting to a couple, and they're saying, but how do we make sure that we don't find ourselves in debt? And he says, don't spend more than you have. And the couple says, but what if we really want something and we don't have the money? And he says, don't spend it. Uh, I always think about that. And I'm, I've, I'm guilty of that too. I've, I've gone above my means. But we, we do that in our culture. We want things. We need it. And we'll, we'll, we'll do it to our own detriment sometimes. How about one more? Anything else that you can think of? Results without effort? Yeah. Yeah. T- talk about that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. And do those usually work? Not usually. Sometimes, sometimes they might. Just like sometimes those weight loss drugs might help, or maybe buying a purchase isn't that big a deal. I don't know. But a lot of times in our culture, we don't value pain. Now, let's talk a little bit more specifically about something that is, uh, is a significant tragedy, really, especially in our culture here in Ohio, the o- opioid uh, epidemic. Um, I don't want to get too personal, but if you wouldn't mind, how many of you, by show of hands, have been personally impacted by someone being addicted to opiates? Anyone? Look, I mean, look at that. Look at that. Myself included. Um, I have uh, my favorite aunt, um, who I loved dearly, overdosed on prescription pills because she was addicted to them, and it was the most tragic thing that I experienced as a young adult. Um, I hate, I hate them. Well, what is it about? What is the what is the uh, the false hope that is found in the in that? in that drug. It is, it's that temporary loss of pain, right? If you've ever taken those medicines um, for, you know, obviously legitimate reasons, it does have a powerful effect to sort of make you forget, make you turn off for a second. What is it that we're dealing with in our culture that we, that we want that? And I think for a lot of us, unfortunately, we don't want to we don't want to have to deal with pain. Now, I'm going to tell you, uh, not only have I dealt with uh, physical pain, but as all of you have as well, I've dealt with a lot of emotional pain and recently have gone through some of the most tragic experiences of my entire life. Uh, at the, uh, in fall of 2018, uh, when I thought, Everything was going perfectly in my life. Um, it hit the fan. And uh, I, I found out that, you know, my, my wife at the time told me she didn't want to be my wife anymore. And uh, that is one of the hardest things that you could ever imagine hearing. And it was a shock. And in that experience... I went through an incredible amount of deep emotional pain. And in that moment, if you would have told me that a year and a half later, that I would be standing in front of a group of people saying that there is actual blessing in pain, I would have told you you were crazy. But I can tell you now with hindsight that I believe that to be true. So I want to talk a little bit about why I believe that to be true, why there is actually a blessing in pain. I had two specific visions that happened for me, and I hope that doesn't freak you out by me saying that I had visions. Really, it's just like I had dreams, I had thoughts. Um, I used the word vision because it felt very specific. But as I was going through this extreme emotional trauma, begging God to rescue me, I had two specific visions. One was there was a a forest fire that was surrounding my house. And I had a bucket of water. 
And I was desperately trying to put the fire out with that bucket of water. And then the voice of God said, stop. The fire is meant to heal. And then that was the end of the dream. I had this repeatedly over and over and over again. And it was the exact same vision. My family inside of the house, the house surrounded by fire, me desperately trying to put the fire out with a bucket of water and God saying, stop, the fire is meant to heal. It was incredibly confusing. I did not understand what this meant. Fortunately, I have a really good therapist that has helped me to better understand that, and I'll talk about that in a second. The second vision was, if you can imagine me standing, I turn around, and I'm looking up at the infinitely tall person of God in my mind. This is, this is God standing there, and he's looking down on me, kind of like that image that I created there, and I'm just looking at him. And the time that we're spending looking at one another is without end and without time. It just feels infinite. And then God asks me a very specific question. He says, Ryan, do you still believe that you can fix everything? I st and I still get chills saying that. And I just stood there. And I didn't say anything out loud, but I knew in my heart that the answer was no. That no, I, I can't fix everything. Those two visions were preparing me for what inevitably was going to be a tough road ahead, emotionally. And God was preparing me for some things that I needed to learn. And I'm going to share some scripture with you this, this morning that you've probably heard before, but maybe you've never thought about it in terms of how perhaps painful experiences can be something that God is using to work in your life. What did Jesus say about challenges? A lot of us would probably like to say that Jesus said that there won't be any challenges in your life. It's going to be great. If you follow me, life's going to be perfect and woohoo. Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, in a lot of ways, I think that is true, but, but not necessarily in the way that we want it to be. So let's read this together. Um, I'll read it out loud if you want to read it on the screen. Um, this is Luke 21, 12 through 19, and it's from the message translation. But before any of this happens, they'll arrest you, hunt you down, and drag you to court and jail. It will go from bad to worst, dog eat dog, everyone at your throat because you carry my name. You'll end up on the witness stand, called to testify. Make up your mind right now not to worry about it. I'll give you the words and wisdom that will reduce all your accusers to stammers and stutters. You'll even be turned in by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. Some of you will be killed. There's no telling who will hate you because of me. Even so, every detail of your body and soul, even the hairs of your head, is in my care. Nothing of you will be lost. Staying with it, that's what is required. Stay with it to the end. You won't be sorry. You'll be saved. Hmm. 
probably not the verse that most of us pick out when we want to tell people about Jesus, right? That doesn't sound super inviting. Jesus had a really unique way of communicating about the the realities of what was going to go on. But let me just say this. Happiness is a wonderful thing. Who likes to be happy? Raise your hand if you like to be happy. Yes, happiness is a wonderful thing. And I do believe that God wants us to be happy and full of joy. Yes. However, Jesus warned us that we will have trials, that there will be challenges that we will face. How many of us have faced trials in our lives? Yes. If we all have. We all struggle. So, the, in fact, Jesus, in this very verse here, and in a lot of different ways, communicated that life could be even more challenging when we decide to follow him. That's a unique call. What if that the promise is not the avoidance of pain, but that pain, that challenges, can actually become a messenger. Something that can speak to us a deep truth that otherwise we may not know. What if? What if that's what it is? Is it possible that even our own perspective and the way that we look at the circumstances that we deal with could shape how that kind of challenge, how that pain impacts us inside of ourselves. I was, uh, I've been reading a book um, that, a, a, that a friend of mine gave me. Um, I'm not going to say the title because it's got a vulgarity in it, but it's a really, really good book. And, uh, and in the book, um, it talks about uh, perspective. And I just happened to be reading this, this chapter last night, and it, it struck me as something that really fit with what we're talking about this morning. He was talking about how perspective means everything. So if you can imagine someone who is preparing to run a marathon, and they've been training, and they're super excited, and they run that race, and their family's there to celebrate with them, and then they cross the finish line, and they feel maybe a great sense of accomplishment. Now imagine that someone is in a scenario and someone takes a gun and puts it to their head and said, you have to run 26.2 miles. You have to do it in less than five hours or else your family is going to be killed. Now that person running that exact same race in the exact same amount of time is dealing with a very, very different set of circumstances and a very different internal relationship to what's happening. Perspective really does make a difference in how we relate to the things that happen to us, to our circumstances. And I'm a big believer that the way that we relate to the circumstances that come to us is vitally important. Let's take a look at what pain has to tell us. In 1 Peter 4.12-13, it says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. I struggle with anxiety. I don't know if any of you struggle with anxiety. Um, I have learned to deal with that in a number of different healthy ways in my life. Um, but one strategy is to, to confront my anxiety is to literally have a conversation with it. 
So my therapist, and I talk about my therapist a lot because he's been really helpful for me in my life. Um, he's a, he loves Jesus, and he loves me, and I'm thankful for him. Um, but he gave me this strategy, and he said, well, why don't you try having a conversation with that fear that you have, with that pain? And so I do, and I confront that. And in that situation, in that imagination that I have, um, I'm talking to myself. And, I, and one is, is the fear inside of me, and one is the, the part of me that is receiving that as hurt. And I have learned that that pain actually has a great message to share with me. A lot of times there is something in my life that I desperately need to know that can only be shared with me through that challenge. All right, I want you to stop and think for a second, and I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, and I know that might feel a little corny, but just close your eyes if you would for a second. And I want you to think back to maybe the one or two moments in your life that were the most impactful, the moments that perhaps changed your life the most. Now, for most of us, myself included, a lot of times that situation is a hurtful, painful, very difficult situation. It might even hurt right now to be thinking about that. Okay, you can open your eyes. Now think about how God has used that very situation in your life to bring you to this moment today and how much you have grown from that situation. What has God taught you through that challenge? How has God brought hope and brought people around you to support you and created something new inside of you through that challenge? Perhaps pain has a message to tell us, and perhaps there's a reason for the challenges that we face. So maybe pain is not something to avoid, but maybe pain is something to listen to. Pain produces hope. Now, this is a confusing one. Romans 5, 3 through 5. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into us, into our hearts, through the Holy Spirit, who has, given, who has been given to us. Amen. So, if you take hope and you go backwards, where does it start? You can say it out loud. Suffering. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Suffering produces hope. But for me, even though I want to reject that, I want to say, there's no way that's right. Suffering doesn't produce hope. Happiness produces hope. But if I really go back and look in my own experience, and I look at the other people in my life who have gone through similar suffering, it does produce hope. And do you know why? For me, my greatest fear in life has been abandonment. That's it. And then I was directly confronted with that very thing. And I thought that it was going to kill me. But it didn't. And actually, today, I'm stronger than I was two years ago. That doesn't make sense. 
but that produces hope in me because this thing that I thought was going to destroy me, the thing that had the power to take me down, it didn't. It lost its power. Somehow that deep, intense suffering that I experienced bred hope. Maybe you have that same experience today. Maybe there's something that you feel this morning that was, it just hurt so bad. And yet it healed and came back stronger. I'm not a physician, but um, I love the idea that uh, broken bones mend and are stronger in the place where they have mended. That in the, in the analogy that, oh, that's such a beautiful story that God tells us in nature and the way that our bodies work that the broken places are stronger than before. And in some ways, I think that's how we function in our own lives. Pain can be a blessing. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may mature be, excuse me, may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So, perspective. How we see things. How we relate to the things that happen to us. How we respond to the circumstances in our life directly impacts the way that we deal with them. And I want to encourage you this morning that maybe pain and suffering is not something that we need to avoid, but it's something that we can embrace and something that we can learn from. Maybe God uses that very thing as the thing to speak to us. And if we choose to embrace it and allow it to move through our hearts and in our, in our lives, perhaps it can be a blessing. And beyond that, maybe it can be a blessing to someone else. How many of you have been blessed by someone else who has gone through suffering that you have gone through, and then you can connect on a deep level because of that? Amen. there really is a blessing in it if we choose to embrace it. If we choose to see the hope in the midst of that desperate situation. So, I'm going to say I'm not a good judge of myself. My, uh, my therapist has told me this. Uh, I was having a conversation with him uh, a few months ago, and I was saying, well, this was bad, and this is good. And he said, um, hold on, stop, Ryan. He said, are you sure? Are you sure that that's true? Are you sure that that's bad? Are you sure that that's good? And I said, I don't know. And he said, I want to encourage you with something. I want to encourage you to stop judging yourself. Stop judging the circumstances that are affecting you in your life. Stop constantly evaluating everything as good or bad and putting it into buckets and then deciding how you're going to respond to that and how you're going to let it affect you emotionally. Just stop. The circumstances are circumstances. They're neither good nor bad. They just are. You're the one that decides if they're good or bad. And it blew me up. I mean, literally, I was like, you could have seen my soul explode. It's like, what? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Nobody else is telling me they're good or bad. I am. I'm telling myself they're good or bad. He said, this is your goal for this year. Embrace the circumstances that come to you. 
Don't judge them. They're neither good nor bad. They just are. And I'll tell you what, it has changed my life. It has completely changed the way that I see the things that happen around me. And it has helped me to see that there truly is a blessing in everything. Everything is grace. Everything is grace. And that is a really hard thing for me to say. That is not easy. That is not cheap. It, it's hard for me to say. And it's probably hard for you to say too. But everything is grace. So what? Well, are you sure it's bad? The things that I have learned that are a blessing in the pain, I have learned to love myself. Two years ago, I was not very fond of myself. I was ashamed of myself, and I don't know why. I don't really have a good reason for why I I was, other than I just really thought I was no good. And through this process of being broken down and built back up, I can tell you that I have learned to love myself. Amen? I also learned that I was completely dependent upon external validation. Two years ago, if I would have been standing up in front of you, I would have been looking at each of you desperately wanting your approval, needing it, because I didn't feel that, 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 that inner man built at all. I was completely dependent upon what people around me thought. And I, it, that was exhausting. And I didn't even know it. It's just how I lived. I needed that approval to, to tell me that I was okay. Because I didn't think I was okay. So I was looking at everybody else to tell me, Ryan, you're okay. Ryan, do you know how exhausting it is to be in a relationship that, somebody, that someone functions that way? It has to be so exhausting. Because constantly draining, constantly asking, constantly needing approval. Incredibly self-centered. Today, I can tell you, I have not one single time in this conversation looked at any of you begging for your approval. Amen. It died. It died. The thing was destroyed. That facade, that, that external man, that whatever that thing was, that, I, that mask that I used to be able to put on, I can't even find it anymore. And you know what? Thank God. Because now I can be my true self. Now I can stand here and tell you what I really think and feel and not be desperately seeking your approval. It's not that I don't want you to like me and I don't want to like you. It's just that that's not where I find my value any longer. Amen? Purpose. I have an invigorated, renewed sense of purpose and that God has me here to love and serve. And that I get to do that on a daily basis in so many different ways. I get to do that with you on Sunday mornings, and that is a huge blessing. But I have a renewed sense of purpose that has been solidified inside of me that I didn't have. That, believe me when I say, when I was broken down, this was built into me, it was breathed into me. And I'm incredibly thankful for that. So, my noble goal is to accept, accept circumstances as neither good nor bad and not to judge myself. I want you to take a second 
And you can either write this down uh, in your phone, or if you have a piece of paper, you can write it uh, on a piece of paper. I'm going to ask all of you to do this. So get out a phone, get out a piece of paper, do something, because I want you to take whatever God is putting on your heart this morning, and I want you to put it to something concrete. And maybe you already know what that noble goal is for you. Perhaps you already know. But maybe you don't. Maybe God is whispering to you this morning something that he's saying, child, I love you, and this is what I want for you. So take just one minute and write that down. Or if you don't know, ask the question and start the journey. And we'll just be quiet for a second. What is your noble goal? One of the unexpected blessings that I have experienced uh, in this past year and a half has been you all, this church. And I just want to say to you how thankful I am for how welcoming and inviting and loving all of you have been. It has been an unexpected situation that has brought so much peace and hope and acceptance. When you go through circumstances like what I went through, um, what you desperately need is a group of people who are going to love you for who you are. And you all have been that. And I'm so incredibly thankful for that. I'm so incredibly thankful for this church. Uh, and for all of you. So thank you. Thank you for loving and accepting me and being Christ to me. I really appreciate you all. And uh, I appreciate the opportunity to, to speak this morning. And I'm, I'm compelled to say, if this was a big bummer to you, I'm so sorry. Um, I know this is a heavy subject, but when Joe asked me if I would speak, I knew this is what I had to talk about. And maybe this is the culmination of me being comfortable with myself and, and talking about what really has gone on in my life and being honest with you. I can't tell you how healing and cathartic it is for me to sit here and, and just tell you. And I'm not sugarcoating anything. It just is what it is. And God is right in the midst of all of that. That is not how I thought he worked. When I was in the midst of my, my world falling apart, my question was, God, where are you? And do you want to know where he was? He was walking right along with me. 
Saying, I know it hurts me too. It hurts me too. And I love you. Oh God, you work in mysterious ways. I'm so thankful that that you are so full of grace and hope. That you are so interested in the situations that each of us is dealing with. That you care so deeply about us. That you enter in with us. That you hear our cries. And that you don't let them just fall on deaf ears, but you you care. And you respond. You respond by filling our hearts. You respond with people around us that love us. You respond. God, you are more real today than I ever knew you to be before. In the midst of the, of the deepest pain I've ever experienced, you were there. And I'm so thankful for that. Lord, I ask this morning that you would move in the hearts of people here, that we would know your presence, that we would understand your voice. We would hear your still, small voice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for how you speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please? Thank you.